What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Football Action Anonymous podcast. It's good to be here again on a nicer day than um, we had yesterday here in Milwaukee. So it's nice, kind of warm outside by Milwaukee standards right now. But yeah, we got another exciting week of XFL action to run through. We uh, recapped the St. Louis-Seattle game on Friday there. We'll talk about the other three games from the weekend, a couple close ones, and uh, all three by... uh, by more than one score, though. Uh, technically, the the last one wasn't. But we'll get you through that. We get uh, got a bunch of news updates from the NFL. One franchise tag applied so far. Combine updates. That is starting this week. Um, I believe tomorrow we're going to have some, some D-line measurements. Um... If I just check the schedule here real quick. Yeah, tomorrow, or no, Thursday. So Thursday will be the first day we'll get some stuff, measurements for the D-line and linebackers, and then we'll have on-field workouts starting Thursday. You got the defensive backs, punters, kickers um, on Friday, and then you got the QBs, wideouts, tight ends Saturday, and the O-line and running backs on Sunday. So, interesting times at the Combine there. Got some coaching carousel stuff to go over, and then some transactions. A lot of money moving around right now, trying to get under the cap for many teams. So, uh, on Saturday, we had one Saturday game, two Sunday games, and of course the Thursday one I mentioned. My DC Defenders. Getting it done again, 18-6 to over the Vipers. Tied at the top of the North Division with the St. Louis Battlehawks at 2-0, who they play this weekend. It's going to be a fire game in D.C. I wish I could be there in person. Uh, but, yeah, D.C. played defense all day. It was rainy in Vegas there, um, so it was tough conditions there. Kickers slipped a couple times uh, on kickoffs and field goals. But uh, Brett Hundley, actually, he came in for the Vipers. Louis Perez started the game 1 of 5, just 20% there. Zero yards, one carry for nine yards. Not a great start for Perez there. Hundley actually didn't do terribly. 11 of 18, passing 61.1%, 98 yards, five carries, 24 yards, and a fumble. And it was really tough for D.C. most of the game. And Jordan Ta'amu struggled once again, 11 of 23, passing 47.8%, 93 yards. Second straight game of under 100 yards passing. 12 carries, 68 yards, really efficient on the ground, but he did fumble twice. That Vegas pass rush was getting to him early and often. But just like week one against Seattle, this game totally changed when Derek King came in at quarterback. Did not attempt to pass in this one, but he did run four times for 32 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He ran a one-point conversion in, threw a two-point conversion to Ethan Wolf there, the tight end, and uh, the threat of him and the second-half rushing attack from D.C. was really what uh, changed this game here as they ended up rushing um, 
for over 200, I believe. I, I'm probably wrong on that, but um, just looking at the team stats here, they... Yes, they ran for over 200 yards. 229 rushing yards there um, for the defenders. Crazy time of possession split. Almost uh, 18 minutes, I think that's supposed to be, for, for Vegas and 28 minutes. I don't know what that is split into. It's 28-66 and 1792 i'm not sure what uh time denomination that is but okay whatever but it's about three quarters of the game vegas uh, or dc controlled the clock there so really solid rushing attack for the defenders they can just find a passing attack i mean this team might be unstoppable with the way greg williams defense has been playing last two weeks Abram Smith uh, led the game in rushing, 11 carries, 71 yards, a touchdown and a fumble for the defenders running back. He also uh, had one catch for 15 yards. Rod Smith led uh, the Vipers in rushing, six carries, 38 yards, one reception for three yards. I mentioned Derek King. Um, John Lovett actually led Vegas in receiving the running back there, four carries, 10 yards. Two catches, 33 yards. DeAndre Torrey scored Vegas' only touchdown, a one-yard score there. Uh, leading receiver in this game, not a lot of yards, so DC's uh, wide receiver Josh Hammond led the game. Three catches, 24 yards on six targets. And then I mentioned Eli Wolf there um, with the two-point conversion from De'Eric King. Cam Sutton, the tight end for uh, Vegas, led uh, the receivers and tight ends. For them in receiving yards one catch 15 yards on two targets defensive player of the game is actually on vegas max roberts has been a beast of a linebacker this season so far for the vipers four tackles three of them solos two sacks two tackles for loss and one forced fumble the defenders covered plus three second week in a row winning outright as a uh, three-point dog under 34 and a half on Sunday, we had the Brahmas getting their first win for Heinz Ward, head coach there, 30-12 over the Orlando Guardians. Jack Cohn was fantastic at quarterback for San Antonio. 16 of 24, 66.7%, 165 yards, three touchdowns, three carries, 23 yards, two one-point conversions there uh, for Cohn. Orlando has been struggling, uh, giving up 30 points in back-to-back -back games here, Paxton Lynch, DeAndre Francois playing in this one. Uh, Quentin Dormady played last game as the other quarterback to Lynch, but uh, couldn't get it done very well either quarterback in this one. Lynch going 9 of 19, 47.4%, 79 yards, one touchdown, one carry for nine yards. And then Francois, 6 of 13, 46.2%. Eight yards, one touchdown, one interception, four carries for 14 yards. One bright spot for Orlando was running back Jamaine Martin. Uh, he led the game in rushing nine carries, 46 yards, and two catches for zero yards. San, uh, San Antonio running back Kalen Balaj, he led them in rushing 12 carries, 23 yards. There uh, wasn't effect effective, their rushing attack on the day. 
him and Jock Patrick. John Hilleman there getting a one-yard touchdown run and a one-yard a one-point conversion also. Uh, San Antonio's tight end, Elise Mack, he led the game in receiving. Four catches, 48 yards, a touchdown on five targets. Um, Guardians wide receiver, Javante Payton, led them in receiving. Three catches, 47 yards on six targets. Brahma's wide receiver, TJ Vasher, he had uh, one of the one-point conversions from Cone. The other one going to tight end Dion Yelder there. Cody Latimer had another great game his second straight week. Him and Paxton Lynch having a, a good connection there. Five catches, 21 yards, a touchdown on eight targets. Defensively, um, I think I'm going to go with just the top guy there. Guardians defensive back Mike Lee, eight tackles. Uh, all of them solos, one sack, two tackles for loss. And I want to mention also uh, Brahma's wide receiver Travis Johnson. Didn't have any catches in this game like he did last week, but he did block a punt from uh, Johnny Townsend there. I believe Johnny is the the punter there for Orlando. I never remember uh, which Townsend brother is in the XFL and which one plays for the Chiefs. I believe Tommy plays for the Chiefs, though. I just uh, I want to be correct, so I'm just going to check real quick. Yeah, Johnny Townsend there. He, uh, he was the punter that got the got blocked the brahmas they covered minus three easily over 38 42 in that one and i thought this was going to be the best game of the week it it all per, pretty much was kind of ending uh the only game as a one score game this weekend uh the houston roughnecks going to 2-0 23 14 over the arlington renegades Brandon Silvers was was pretty good. 50% completion, not very good, though. 14-28, 173 yards, two touchdowns, one two-point conversion. Uh, Cole McDonald also played quarterback a little bit, mostly rushing the ball, though. He went 0-for-1 passing, seven carries, 39 yards. Drew Plitt struggled with turnovers in this game, even though uh, he was getting set up with field position uh a lot of the first half there. They had a 14-11 lead at halftime, actually. Uh, but 15-29 of 29 for Plitt, 51.7%, 120 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, two carries, 14 yards, one fumble, and a two-point conversion. Um, yeah, this game really annoyed me. I had my XFL weekly XFL parlay going and, you know, 3-0 and through the Brahmas game, and then we hit this one. I'm like, all right, I think it's got to be a close game. Plus four. Can we get plus four? And we could not. Ending in a nine-point game there. Just could not do much on the offensive side in the second half. Uh, Houston running back Max Borgie led the game in rushing. 12 carries, 27 yards, a touchdown, two receptions, 20 yards on six targets. Arlington running back Davion Smith led them in rushing. Seven carries, 16 yards, four catches, 32 yards on five targets. Roughnecks wide receiver Ben Putman, he led the game in receiving four catches, 65 yards on five targets, and he was integral to their success at the end to close it out. Uh, they ran the GTFO play, which is the same thing every time. Putman, uh, they see a blitz coming. They audible to GTFO and 
Putman right over the middle of the field where the linebacker was. I mean, it was just disheartening to watch while rooting for the Renegades, um, especially the last one where you knew once the offensive coordinator called it, you knew what play was coming, and it was frustrating to watch do it over and over and over again. Um, regardless, though, Roughnecks wide receiver John Trey Kirkland, he had a good game, two catches, 56 yards on six targets, caught the two-point conversion from Brandon Silvers. Uh, Renegades tight end Sal Canella, he led the game in receiving for Arlington, four catches, 38 yards on four targets. And then um, the two-point conversion catch from Plitt went to wide receiver Tyler Vaughns, didn't have any catches on four targets in this one. Defensively, I am going to go with Roughnecks linebacker Emmanuel Ellerby. Four tackles, two of them solos, one sack, two tackles for loss. Not a good game for Roughnecks defensive back Will Likely. Five tackles, three solos on, on defense, but he was their starting punt returner. Coughed it up twice on uh, punt returns. Lawan Winningham actually recovering two of those, both of those. The Roughnecks covered minus five under 40. NFL news. Don't have any college, USFL, or XFL news, but NFL news here. Bunch of general stuff. The Rams likely to be releasing corner Jalen Ramsey's due $17 million in 2023. They need a lot of cap space uh, available. They don't have draft capital either. So they need to do something to improve their roster. Ramsey likely on his way out. Also with L.A. there, they proposed a rule to the NFL Competition Committee at the Combine meetings that would make roughing the passer reviewable. Right now, I believe it's likely that uh, they don't have the support of the other clubs, uh, enough clubs to pass it. So we'll see uh, going forward what happens with that vote. The Chicago Bears, multiple teams have contacted them about the number one pick, uh, and they are said to be leaning toward moving back in the draft from that number one spot. So stay tuned for the trade up to one here with a couple of teams that have been talked about this offseason. The Panthers making a big move in the front office. They hired former Cardinals co-interim GM, uh, Adrian Wilson as their VP of player personnel. So really strong move uh, by owner Scott Fitter, head coach Frank Reich, and uh, or GM Scott Fitter, owner David Tepper, and, and head coach Frank Reich there um, in the front office there. Adrian Wilson, a blooming uh, personnel person there. Free agent quarterback Derek Carr, he is in Indianapolis, set to meet with the Saints, Jets, and Panthers, possibly even more teams. And uh, we'll st- we're still waiting on Derek to make his decision on where he wants to play. So we'll see how those meetings go and see if we get something by the end of this week or uh, next week sometime. The Hall of Fame game has been announced. It uh, will be played on Thursday, August 3rd going to be between the Jets and the Browns so good job uh, getting those two teams in there with 
former Jets, uh, Darrell Rivas and Joe Klecko, and former Brown, uh, Joe Thomas, all going into the Hall of Fame this year. Steelers GM Omar Khan, he says uh, the team wants to bring back quarterback Mitch Trubisky uh, for 2023. He has one year, $10.6 million left on his deal, would have to reduce that salary or do a cut and re-sign there at a lower value um, to bring Trubisky back. Solid veteran option to back up Kenny Pickett. I think that's a good thing to do if, we can if they can get it accomplished there he also said the team isn't rolling out bringing back uh quarterback mason rudolph as a backup either so uh the seahawks are looking for a new center they're starting center austin blythe he has retired age 30 so kind of early there but he's done a lot throughout his career good player there um good luck in retirement sir Franchise tag, the deadline is March 7th, so tomorrow we are seven days away. We are a week away uh, tomorrow from the franchise tag deadline, March 7th at 4 p.m. Eastern. The Washington Commanders have used the first tag this year. They have franchise tagged defensive tackle Jerron Payne. He will now be due $18.937 million for the 2023 season. Combine updates, a lot of uh, updates right now about who will and will not be participating on field uh, this week. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young will be one not participating. He's not going to throw during on-field drills. I'm not sure if he's going to do all the other athletic testing, but we'll wait and see there. Biggest thing for him is the measurement and you know just meeting with the interviews meeting with the teams for the interviews there, which he will still do. Uh, However, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis, and Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson all are going to throw at the combine. So uh, three of the top four quarterbacks will be out there slinging it. Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter, he is also not going to be working out, uh, but he will interview with teams and do the physical um, that the teams require each player to do also. Texas Tech edge rusher Tyree Wilson also will not be working out. He's still recovering from his uh, fractured foot surgery that he had, um, so he will work out at his pro day. Sucks, but we get these injuries leading up to the combine workouts here. Big one, Boise State safety J.L. Skinner. He tore his pec. While working out, uh, still going to be in Indy interviewing with teams, um, but probably draft stock uh, is dropping for Skinner there. Would have been a day two pick probably as a pretty solid safety there from Boise State. Also, Ole Miss running back Zach Evans, he has a hamstring strain. He's not going to run the 40. Stay tuned to see if he's going to run, if he's going to do any of the other on-field drills or not. I I have not Not sure. I I only saw that he was going to not run the 40. One thing, uh, during these interviews at the Combine, the NFL has informed teams that uh, they could be subject to a $350,000 fine and possibly even forfeit a draft pick no later than the third round. So you're looking at first, second, or third round draft picks getting forfeited 
um, for asking inappropriate questions during these player interviews. That popped up last year. Uh, I believe teams uh, that were found guilty of that last year were fined uh, $100,000 and possibly a late-round pick. But, um, yeah, the NFL is upping it this year just so we don't have any of those issues. Coaching carousel. Uh, the Bills looking for a new defensive coordinator. Leslie Frazier is taking 2023 off. He is going to return in 2024, he said, but uh, just needs to take some time off this year. The Broncos, Sean Payton has his offensive coordinator. It is former Chargers offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, so staying in division there for Joe. Um, and Sean Payton gets his man. I believe Lombardi was in New Orleans with Payton, but I could be wrong. The Eagles have uh, their coordinator positions locked up now. They promoted quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson to offensive coordinator, and they also promoted assistant quarterback coach Alex Tanney to uh, quarterback coach. And they hired Seahawks associate head coach slash defensive assistant Sean Desai as defensive coordinator, former uh, Bears defensive coordinator there. Cap moves, uh, the Panthers, they converted $7.72 million of offensive lineman Austin Corbett's base salary into a signing bonus, $5.79 million in cap savings there. The Browns, they rene renegotiated the contract of wide receiver slash kick returner Jakeem Grant. That lowers his cap charge uh, this year by $1.765 million. The Packers doing some maneuvering. They restructured the contracts of corner Jair Alexander and linebacker Preston Smith. That created $16.124 million in total cap savings. And then uh, the Jags, they did the same restructuring. Linebacker Foye Aluakon's deal, um, which created $10.336 million. Jaguars also converted a total of $32.657 million in base salaries uh, into signing bonuses for wide receivers Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and guard Brandon Sheriff. Uh, that created a, a whopping $26.14 million in cap space. Bunch of transactions, teams re-signing their own players and uh, releasing cap casualties here. The Jags doing some other work here. They re-signed, uh, or they signed defensive lineman Roy Robertson-Harris to a three-year, $30 million extension. Uh, nice deal for him and the team, Robertson-Harris, a free agent two years ago. Free agent signing two years ago in Jacksonville um, has produced well for them, so keeping him around there for a couple years. And then they also re-signed quarterback C.J. Beathard to a two-year, $6.5 million deal to keep him as Trevor Lawrence's main backup. The Saints, they re-signed defensive end Tenno Passigno to a two-year $6 million deal, $2.5 million fully guaranteed. Nice uh, depth piece for New Orleans and Dennis Allen. Long snappers are people, too, uh, and the 49ers signing their guy, long snapper Tabor Pepper, to a three-year extension with a $1.5 million signing bonus. Bunch of releases. The Commanders released defensive back Bobby McCain. Uh, that created $4.42 in cap space. And, of course, they released quarterback Carson Wentz today. 
saving $26.17 million in cap space. Falcons also releasing their quarterback, Marcus Mariota. That created $12 million in space. Uh, and then uh, three guys that will be released at the new league year, Browns safety Josh John or John Johnson III, Giants wide receiver Kenny Galladay. That's going to save New York $6.7 million. And then uh, the Bucks are set to release uh, running back Leonard Fournette. So a big name there to watch during free agency at the free agent running back market. That is the show for today. I don't see any uh, anything of note on the Twitter feed here. So that is the show for today. Thank you all for watching. Don't for, Next week we'll have uh, XFL Week 4. We'll be recapping XFL Week 3 games, talking about the combine, what we saw, um, and who we thought improved their draft stock at Indy. Um, and hopefully we'll get some thoughts from Peter, maybe, since he'll be going there this weekend. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. FAA underscore bets is our betting account. And then FAApodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Again, thank you all for watching, and we will see you back for Football Friday.